Today on Locked On New York Rangers, very, very special treat for you guys. We have a crossover edition with a fellow New York Ranger podcast. That would be the Broadway Block podcast, which is hosted by Stevie and by Joe. And both of them are going to join me here in just a second. Talk a little bit about uh, Gerard Gallant and Chris Jury and the job that they're doing so far with the New York Rangers. Uh, also going to get into some trade deadline stuff. Uh, talk a little bit about Tyler Mott, uh, Timo Meyer, a couple other players as well, and a whole bunch of other topics as well. And this is actually going to be part one of a two-parter. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 761 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And like I said, going to be talking with uh, Stevie and Joe here, uh, discussing everything happening with the Rangers. We talked for quite a while, so want to go ahead and break the episode into two separate parts. Today's going to be part one. Like I said, talking a little bit about Chris Drury, Gerard Gallant, trade deadline stuff, a whole bunch of other things as well. Enjoy. All right, so with no further ado today, why don't we go ahead and welcome in our very special guest, the host of the Broadway Block Podcast. We got Joey, we got Stevie. Uh, fellas, welcome to the show. I know we talked a little bit about uh, the Rangers on your podcast a couple of months back, and I uh, want to thank you guys both for uh, joining me here today. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit off air about, you know, some topics we wanted to get into. One thing with the Rangers that's, like, super polarizing right now is, of course, the coach, Gerard Gallant. You know, he does some things that will make you scratch your head from time to time. But by that same token, uh, deep playoff run last year, good record this year. Um, I realize I'm starting you guys with a very broad question here. But uh, just your assessment of Gerard Gallant, uh, how he's done so far as a Ranger coach, what you like, what you don't like. I mean, just just lay it on us. Anything you got there? Well, as far John, as thanks for having us on the show. I appreciate you. Of course, we talked at the same time. But um, Gallant, in my eyes, has been decent. This year has been a lot of questionable with the line choices and the continuity that we've been getting. Sometimes I've also questioned sometimes when he's thrown Igor in or Halak. Um, but we're in third place in the Metropolitan, which is a tough division, 10 points out of first place. Um, so I think if we keep pushing the right buttons and going forward, we're obviously going to have a playoff run. Will it be deep? I don't know. I think that right winger position will show its head and that no veteran defensive third pairing might come back to haunt us. Harper's been a good addition back there. So I, I appreciated that by Drury, getting a signing like that. Um, kind of Chris Drury, you really don't know. Is he on the hot seat by being not really in a position he should have been in? Like, you know, always being the GM of Hartford and then coming up and being the Rangers GM. We know Dolan has short leashes with people, so what's going to happen with either of them? We don't know. So I don't think Drury's so quick to pull the trigger on some a big free agent trade signing, per se, because I think he wants to just make the right calls, and being so cap-strapped, I think it, it could be tough to find somebody that we could get over and play that right-wing position, first-line right-wing, not like a second- or third-line first we need a first line winger. So I think that could be tough to find. But overall, I think we're headed in the right direction. 
I wish we could get the young guys going a little bit more. Obviously, we've seen how much productivity the kid line has had in recent games. Heedle, I think he's, what did he have, back-to-back goal nights there for a while. He looked good against Vegas. Um, Kako's had a strong year. Laugh is a little not where we want him to be, but he's getting there. So I think we just need to develop him a little bit more. But I've been overall in the last couple months of Rangers hockey, not October, I've been happy with how things are going. As far as the pressures that are on these guys, I mean, Joe kind of touched on it a little bit, but we're not really certain what kind of pressures were, that were really being felt by Drury here. So I'd be interested to see with this upcoming deadline what he does. Um, because I think last year he nailed it in every aspect as far as what we needed, who would push right, right buttons. But I think he was also kind of unfortunately pretty honest in saying that he didn't even know who Tyler Mott was before he got him. So part of me feels like, you know, that blindness will maybe come to haunt us if we, we're not really quite sure what we need. If we push the right buttons again, this team is a few pieces away, in my opinion, still. Um, and Joe alluded to you know, what those pieces are. But number one priority has to be that top line right wing position. And if nobody on the squad actually clings to it, there's not a whole lot of money to be had to find one of these players. In addition to signing them long term, it, it looks like it'll just be another rental, um, which kind of leads you into the discussion of you know, how many seasons in a row are we going to kind of forego that first or second pick to try to add to the the team that we already have. And we've seen time and time again, you know, in the early playoff runs of like 2014, 2015, when you have that depleted prospect pool, it doesn't bode well for the future of the team. So I hope he can pull off something similar where maybe it's a conditional pick where you don't necessarily give up right away that you're going to contest that number one overall pick and, and forego that, that draft selection for a few reasons. I feel like Othman is sort of, one of those glaring examples of why you still want to make a deep push, but also pick somewhere in the first round. And it's really on guys like Will Cooley and, you know, Adam Sakura to kind of fill those voids as we have to, unfortunately, let go of some players. We've kind of talked at nauseum on our show about who those players might be. But if you look around the Rangers squad, there's not a whole lot of pieces that we can really remove at this time. And I think regardless, a lot of them are fan favorites at this moment. So it's going to be really crucial to kind of continue the way we're going, hopefully make it into a playoff picture. And the way they've been playing recently, you know, 4-1-1 one, and one in the last uh, six games, getting five out of the last six possible points, I think that the writing on the wall is that if we continue this style of play, that we'll make it there. So there is an upcoming pressure for sure on, on Chris Drury to kind of replicate what he did for us last season. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need is at your Super Bowl party, and it is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet, you'll get up to 300, excuse me, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, 
you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. They went through some dark times earlier this season, and, I mean, it, it might have been close to Gerard Gallant. I mean, that, that seat was really heating up, and it seems to have cooled off considerably. But, uh, you know, you guys touched on this. With, with Dolan, you, you never know for sure exactly what he's going to do. He can have such a knee-jerk reaction to everything. My hope is a Ranger fan. Uh, when it comes to Dolan, because I don't really follow basketball that much. So my hope is always that he's too distracted by the Knicks to like really pay attention to what's going on with the Rangers. And he can just kind of leave them to their own devices and uh, let them do whatever they need to do. But um, to just follow up with a question about Gallant here, um, you know, the one thing that I think uh, for the Gallant naysayers, the one thing that really kind of bothers them is, I mean, there's a couple things, but one for sure is the constant uh, line combination changes. I don't remember him doing this quite as much last season as he has this season and of course every team is going to mix it up shuffle the deck once in a while but i mean this happens on a constant basis they have a new uh lineup new line combinations every night uh in-game adjustments constantly happening as far as you know moving guys up and down the lineup so i mean do you guys think that it's time to you know stick with a certain um you know combination of of these lines and also um you know what would that be? Is there something you would like to see as far as the line combos are concerned? Like a certain player that you want to see with, you know, these two guys or whatever it might be there. Well, I've never have been a fan of not doing consistent lines. We saw it with Elaine Vino and we saw how everybody felt about that when that was happening. Um, and I think we should move the second line. Maybe should be the kids line. I think we should be, invest in Hedl and let him be our second center. Like now it's going to come up where what's going to happen with the Trocheck contract. Like, you know, are we taking a less better second center over and trade away Hedl? You never know. Um, I also think the kid line should be the second power play unit out there. We, we've talked briefly on our show that for all the, Gerard Gallant does with line changes and everything for how dismal the power play has been this year. He really hasn't tried that much there with different line changes. So that's interesting that Steve and I have touched on. Um, so I'm just hoping for some more consistency and maybe get the kids up a little bit more. Yeah. You know, you look at the way that like a guy like Kako can possess the puck. And it, it certainly, in my opinion, seems like a more attractive option if you wanted to integrate something into that top line. Um, a lot of times, Mika can kind of just stay stationary and the guys zipping the puck around are basically Panarin and Fox. But once that other team is sort of set up and created that box, you really just see them do that from the perimeter and try to force that Mika one-timer. Now, when I tell you it's a good shot, it's a really good shot. But you need to have more options when it comes to making a lethal power play because last season it really seemed like we had more than just that one option. And because people were so afraid of that option that it allowed the Kreider tip in, it allowed Panarin to be a shoot first kind of person. And there was just this air of kind of unpredictability to it. And I think a guy like Kako, when you talk about the way that he's been playing and the way he's been distributing the puck and sort of can do that from 
what I'll call his office, which is like below the slot line and beneath the goal line there, you know, he really would provide, in my opinion, that puck retrieval, puck possession kind of aspect to it while allowing some of these guys that maybe like to play a little bit more stationary, that wiggle room of, you know, I, the way that I watched Kako play with the puck, it seems like defenders don't even want to approach him. He's so tenacious with it that not only can he body them off of it, especially on the power play, they're not even going to approach him. They're just going to stay in his box or in their little box rather and kind of let him do his thing, which to me is a really scary thought when you think about all the firepower that they have on that top unit, which would allow a guy like Trocek to maybe slide down to that second unit. And then you think about how dynamic that could be with a net front presence like Trocek, a shoot first guy in Heedle, and like Joe had said, maybe evenly distributing that line time. Because if you talk about the kid line being your second line, that would really make the Kreider line, it seems that Panarin's been on the top line a little bit more lately. That would make the Kreider-Trocek line your third. And they already play special teams. So if you're going to talk about balancing out you know, minutes, that would really seem to be the way to do it and elevate those kids into a, a top six role and allow that special team secondary scoring to come from guys like Kreider and Trocek. And even if Goody's on that line, you know he's going to play on the penalty kill. So I think that would be your best case to evening things out. But all that being said, you're still missing that top line right winger that unequivocally, undoubtedly is going to play that position night in and night out. Yeah, I think you guys hit the nail on the head when it comes to the power play. I mean, honestly, coming into the season, you know, I believe the Rangers were number four overall in power play last season, somewhere in that vicinity. It was nice to, as a Ranger fan, finally see you know, a good power play had been a really long time before that. Even like in years where they were making deep playoff runs, it felt like the power play was uh, never really a strength. But, you know, I, I suggested early in the year this year that this could be the best power play unit in the NHL. Like, do I 100% expect them to finish first? Maybe not, but they could be in the running for that. And now I don't even think they're in the top half. They, they were like 16th or 17th the last time I checked. And it's mainly, you know, at least for the top unit, the same group as last year. The only difference is Trocek's there instead of Strom. And I think you guys also hit on something else. At times, they've fallen a little too in love with that, you know, set Mika up for a one-timer thing. And, of course, Mika's got a hell of a shot. Uh, he can he can score on those one-timers. We've seen him do it multiple times this season. But, yeah, I mean, when you've got Kreider there for deflections and you've got Panarin pretty much capable of doing anything and you've got Fox who can, you know, zip the puck all over the ice, um, it, it's just it's a little bit disappointing to see them uh, just continue to go to that well. And I think other teams have begun to key on that as well and take that away from the Rangers. And uh, we're kind of seeing the result of that, which is a uh, middle-of-the-road power play, despite having, you know, all-stars that you can put out there on the ice, you know, for those situations. Um, you know, talking about Galan a little bit, also wanted to talk about Chris Jury. He's somebody that, um, you know, again, kind of polarizing for Ranger fans. I've maintained on my show that I think he's had more hits than misses since he's taken over. Um, but, you know, I want to hear from you guys, you know, um, how would you assess Jury so far? And actually, why don't we start with um, the two recent uh, in-season re-signings that they've done. Uh, Jimmy VZ, two years, 800K per season. And then Ben Harper, uh, two years, $787,500 per season. Um, what did you think of those two re-signings? Because I, I, I thought they were both pretty solid. But uh, again, the floor is yours, guys. Well, I thought they were good signings, obviously low value. Um, and no one could have expected Harper was saying that he almost felt like he was done with hockey. So interesting to see him come back. And like, it's almost like a comeback story. Same with Jimmy Vesey. Like, you know, we had him before he really, we didn't develop him or get him really going. He had to go out into the NHL, other teams and to see him come back to New York and put down a good season defensively and offensively has been really sweet to watch. 
My only concern is I know you give the guys two years, but both those guys, I don't like giving question mark guys more than one year. So, like, you know, someone like Harper, like, if you're ready to, like, be at the end of your NHL career, like, I don't think that many teams would have been bidding for him at the end of the year. Obviously, you can get rid of the contract and trade, buyout, whatever, but I would have just re-signed him for one year after, and especially being strapped on cap. Like, you know, I don't want to lock in anyone until we really get that consistent first line down. Um same a little bit less with Jimmy VZ. Like, yeah, okay, two years. Like, I definitely could see someone going after him. He's played up on the first line. So that has been a pleasant surprise. He's been all over. Like, any anywhere we've put him, he's looked pretty solid. So that's, like, good. But will he be the same player in two years? I don't know. Like I said, we can get rid of the contract, I'm sure. It's a low-value contract. But nice to see pleasant surprises. I was okay with it, kind of like agreeing with you, John. Like, it is what it is, and we need those kinds of people, and we needed a third-pairing defenseman, so I'm okay with the Harper thing too. Yeah, I think it kind of facilitates a need in that you need depth, especially come playoff time. It, it softly feels like we are gearing up for a playoff run, even though the Metro is crazy and it's it's a really tough division. So who's to say whether or not we're going to make it? But it certainly seems that Drury is sorting to batten down those hatches as far as getting some depth signings out of the way. It depends what kind of fan you are, I suppose. If you're more of an eye test person, Harper's been fine. If you're more of an analytics person, Harper doesn't have the greatest metrics in the world. Um, but he almost kind of reminds me of, of Justin Braun, where it is a compliment as a Rangers fan, in my opinion. The least attention that you can draw to yourself is almost a good thing. And Harper's kind of quietly remained a little bit under the radar. And when he has those moments, they are pleasant to see. So I haven't seen any you know, blown tire moments where you're you're cursing at the TV where, where you would be for maybe a Jacob Truba. Um, Jimmy VZ, his metrics are actually fantastic. And I think the interesting thing about VZ is that early in his career, when we had him, he was a, a, you know, a 19 goal scorer, which would, you know, beg the question of what else could you do? Could you hit 30 goals? But what's actually happened with Jimmy VZ's career is that he's really taken off in that defensive role and he's flourishing as a penalty killer. His penalty killing numbers are absolutely fantastic. In the high, you know, in the highest percentile they can be, for especially for somebody who makes as much as he does or as little, I should say. And the funny thing about it is that he sort of chooses those moments to poke check the puck away and create his offense through defense. That is something that we've wanted as Rangers fans for our players to kind of understand that role because you know he's really adopted what is his niche in the NHL and. You know, Joe had touched on it. He really wasn't able to find his footing elsewhere after leaving the Rangers. So I think it's the mark of a true professional to go elsewhere and learn from those players and then to realize, you know, what can I offer to a team? And especially given his versatility, he's kind of been a Swiss Army knife for us this year and does not care where he plays in the lineup. And especially getting that special team trust from Gerard Gallant, I think is going to go a long way towards his confidence moving forward. Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great and wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about eight or nine months and I love it. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy. Has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. 
This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it is cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, you know, with VZ, it's interesting because he's kind of had to reinvent himself a little bit. You know, with the Hobie Baker winner, and you think he's going to come in the league and put up all these points. And, you know, a decent amount of points his first go-around with the Rangers. But next thing you know, he's bouncing around the league, and uh, he's been on a PTO the last two off-seasons with two different teams. And uh, he even mentioned this, man. He, he said that money's not everything, and uh, he's comfortable in New York. He's happy to be here. And uh, I'm sure for somebody in his shoes, I mean, again, he's been on, like, five different teams the last five years, something in that ballpark uh, for him to finally have uh, some stability. And, okay, I'm going to be on the Rangers for the next two years after this one. It, it's got to be nice. And I, I think a very uh, well-deserved new contract for Jimmy Vesey and uh, a good signing by jury there for sure. Ben Harper's the one that maybe a little bit of reservations just because, you know, I mean, this guy was out of hockey when the season started. Uh, by that same token, he has played well. And I think if there's a situation where, you know, one of the kids comes along, whether it's Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson, whoever it might be, you know, they could always unseat him and push him into kind of like the seventh defenseman role. And then you've got a seventh defenseman who you feel okay about, and you're paying him just a shade above the league minimum anyway. So uh, I think it's, you know, two pretty solid signings for Jury. But, um, you know, beyond that, other things Jury's done, again, he, he's drawn uh, mixed reviews from Ranger fans. He's had some hits. He's had some misses. Uh, if you guys were going to put like a letter grade on this, I'm curious what you would do. And uh, I'll, I'll just throw out there. I, I think I would give him a B plus thus far, you know, kind of a difficult situation because I don't think people were too happy when Gordon and JD got fired for the most part. Jury's got to step in and try to put out this fire. Um, the only two really bad ones that I can point to as far as jury moves are the Nemeth signing. Obviously, that did not work out very well last year at all. And uh, the Bush Davis trade, you know, they just, I can understand why they did it, but they probably should have been able to get a little bit more for him than they got. Um, but anyway, just just letter grade on, on Chris Drury and just your overall thoughts on you know everything he's done uh, thus far early in his Ranger tenure here. I, I would give him a B minus okay. um, with the reservation that after this, this season, it could go to a B plus. It's all really based on the tra trade deadline. Um, I agree with Steve. Steve said that, like, you know, Tyler Mott, like, he didn't even know his... Um, his scouts were like, you got to see this guy. You got to trade for him. So, like, you know, how much is hockey knowledge and how much is, like, the organization who we have in place, like, scouting-wise, like, telling Drury what to do? Um, I think he's going to be here for a while. I think uh, Dolan actually likes him. But, like we all said, could be a short leash, could get the pull if we have a couple bad seasons there. Um, so, I think, I think we're going to get some – Low-grade trade signings, I don't think we're going to get the Caners or the Tro or, um, Tarasenko's because I just don't see it like fitting in where we're at. But the one thing I would say is I think that Trocek 
Trocheck contract will come back to like bite us with Hito in the sense that he's kind of an in-between second and third line center. So it's like we're paying him as if he was going to be our second line. And then that really leaves nothing for Hito, you know? So I think that could come back to bite us where Hito would be like a Mika's advantage ad and go somewhere else and have a fantastic career, you know? It's hard to not have the blinders on when you think about how fantastic the deadline was. So I think Drury has this kind of like roller coaster grading for me. You know, if you're going to grade the deadline, A, A plus. I mean, could you have done anything better at the deadline last season? I don't think you could have. I think that we identified, like Joe had mentioned, either as an organization or if you want to give it all to Drury, that there was a need for sure. And we were able to shore up those needs. I think the Trocheck signing, big Trocheck guy, I feel as though it's a great signing. I feel like he's been a little bit, you know, maybe underwhelming. But if you think about it, we, we all kind of put up with Strom, and he's a stark upgrade from Strom. He delivers more hits. He has a better faceoff percentile. He checks a lot of boxes for me. And that first goal in, a, you know, like 11 games, you know, he's going to go through droughts just as everybody else is. I feel like altogether you have like a 60-point player who is in the conversation to be one of the best one-two punches when partnered with Panarin if you have that Mika line operating on full cylinders. So to me, the, the negative grade is obvious. You know, the same the Booch trade is one part, but the Sammy grade or the Sammy Blay trade uh, on the other side of it is just a completely devastating result for it. It's one thing to trade away the player that you're essentially trading, trying to trade for at this present moment. And especially given his contract in St. Louis, it was kind of affordable if you consider who we've you know, plugged in uh, since that moment. And the return has just been god-awful. Um, you know, we're yet to see those draft picks sort of bloom and develop. So there's, it's really a, a kind of a partial grading. I'd have to probably agree with you, John, in the, in the B range because, you know, when you think about it, a lot of what he'll be remembered for is this upcoming trade deadline and this offseason. And I think that we as Rangers fans kind of have recency bias. And I mean, most sports do. But there seems to be this, you know, everyone holding their breath about what's going to happen this offseason. If we go out in a whimper, you know, Gallant, Drury, they could be ex-Ranger organization members for sure. And it wouldn't be surprising, I think, at all. And that's so crazy to think about when you consider, you know, that we're talking about how well he's done as as a as a general manager. And it almost seems, you know, like kind of in politics how a lot of a lot of what you do when you enter is kind of playing catch up from the previous regime. And and there's a lot of problems that you inherit. There's a lot of good things you inherit that you take credit for, right? And you know, JG um, and JD were pretty candid in saying that. You know, a lot of the things that are highly touted from their from their experience with the Rangers were things that were sort of beyond their control. Panarin wanted to be a Ranger. Fox wanted to be a Ranger. Their job was to not mess it up. And, you know, I think there was a lot of pressure for Drury coming into this situation. So we'll see how much pressure is felt from him on the top. You will have probably a clear understanding of how much pressure he feels by how big he swings this offseason. Because if he doesn't think he's around to deal with it, I could see a few first round picks going to try to really, you know, swing for the fences. Now combine that with a first round, second round exit 
then it could be lights out for Drury for sure. All right, once again, big, big thanks to Stevie and Joey from the Broadway Block Podcast for uh, joining the show here today. And a huge thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the Lockdown New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow uh, on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Lockdown New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.